This is week six, and last week we started talking about how to maintain a proper thought life. It is so important that you think right. That is a foundational piece. God's will is not just that you get saved, but that you come to the knowledge of the truth. Now we know from John 17, 17, that the word of God is truth, right? The word of God is truth. Truth is not of this world. So the word of God is truth. And we must govern our lives by the word, which means our thought life. We have to guard our thought life. We have to maintain a proper thought life. Because out of our thought life, remember we said last week that thoughts, what do they try to do? They try to shape you, mold you, and form you. We said this last week that words are like containers and they contain thoughts. So like Jesus walking up to a fig tree to, you know, he, he wanted breakfast and it says he answered the fig tree. Why? Because the fig tree spoke to him. He said, you're not eating breakfast. You're not having figs for breakfast this morning. So he answered that circumstance. You have to answer the circumstances of your life immediately and accurately with the word of God. So important. So in order to do that, you have to think right. All your beliefs will be based on your thought life, right? So this is so very, very important. Go over to Colossians. Hallelujah. Go over to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Hallelujah. So it says, For this cause we also... For what cause? Well, you have to go back to verse 4 to find out the cause. Why did Paul not cease to pray for these people? The Bible says if you're not ceasing to pray, that means you're always praying for them. This is a prayer of supplication, but it says he, for this cause also, verse 4 says this. It says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have for all the saints... Do you know, as you study the prayer of supplication, the Ephesians 1 prayer, the Ephesians 3 prayer, there's different prayers that Paul says he prayed all the time. He didn't pray those, those for just anybody. He prayed those for people that were walking by the faith of God and walking in the love of God for one another. Isn't that amazing? So this is important, but he says this, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge. This word, this Greek word means with the coming to full discernment, the knowledge of God. Wow. This Greek word literally means to come to a full discernment of who God is 
because you're personally involved with him. So it's talking about relationship. It says here that, that you might be filled. So if you are filled with the knowledge of God, what else will you be? Can you be filled with anything else? Well, no, if something's full, like this bottle is full of water, so it's completely full of water. God wants you completely full of the knowledge of Him in every way that He's your healer, that He's your provider, right? That He's your deliverer, that He is your peace, that He is the grace of God, that He loves you, He's your everything. So Paul prayed this, that you be filled with the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. Wow, notice, to be strengthened with all might, God wants you full of the knowledge of Him. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the Father, which made us meet, or this word means able, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power or the delegated influence of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Wow. See, if you feel bound tonight, what you're feeling is an illusion of bondage. It's not really bondage because Jesus has already made you free. And all you need to do to realize that you're free is renew your mind with His Word. As you change the way you think, and, the, and James tells us, as we implant this word in our hearts, it brings wholeness and salvation to our soulish realm. That is the battlefield. That is the control center of your life. And, what's, and we know this, what Satan does, how he comes against every one of us. The wiles of the devil literally means he travels down one road one way. He throws thoughts over and over and over, blow after blow after blow, he's trying to penetrate your mind so that he can, what the Greek word for this is noemata you. He could play mind games with you. He could make you who've been given authority in the name of Jesus believe that you're in trouble, that you, you don't have any strength and that you're all alone when you're never alone, and that you can't do what you need to do when his word says you can do all things through Christ. See, so this is very important, this thought life. So go over to Proverbs 23, 7. We, we ended last week. Hallelujah. At the first half of this verse, it says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we broke this down. This Hebrew word thinks or thinketh, it literally means to divide, 
to cut apart, to open as a gate. Isn't that crazy that you're the gatekeeper? Your spirit, man, is to be the gatekeeper of your mind. The Bible says here, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, but this word heart, it's a Hebrew noun. It means the innermost being with its thoughts and emotions. It's talking about the soulish realm. So you could say it in English for us to understand it. For as a man thinks in his mind, so is he. So your spirit man is to be the gatekeeper of your mind. And this is why, see, this is what happens, and I think we're going we're gonna to get into that tonight in Romans, where it talks about the battle. that talks about how that the sin nature that's still in your flesh will war, not against your spirit, because Satan can't touch your spirit, but it will war against your mind to try to bring you, the spirit man, into captivity. So this is why we have to watch our thoughts. Your behavior and the quality of your life are going to be a product or a byproduct of how you think and what you think about the most. Have you ever, have you ever noticed when you're going through something you're tempted to think about it all the time. Why? Because the enemy is throwing thoughts. I mean, it's hilarious if you ever start listening to your thoughts. If you get a diagnosis that's terminal, you don't hear in your mind, I'm going to die. You see pictures and you hear in your mind, you're going to die. It's as if somebody else is talking to you which is exactly what's happening. But see, we're exposing the enemy now. So this is so very important. Satan wants you to think his thoughts all the time because his thoughts, as we saw that, that Hebrew word, yester, thoughts are, they, every thought is trying to shape and mold you. Every thought. So that's why the Bible tells us we are to take every thought captive to what God's Word says. That is the battle, and we've got to talk about it. Do you know most Christians don't know that's the battle? Right? See, so let me talk to you about your mind just for a moment. Your mind, it works by mental imagery. God made your mind this way. It, what, what do I mean by that? You don't think in words you think in pictures, right? These mental images, they form a picture of your perception of reality, which is the operation of your imagination. Okay? These pictures, let me say this again, these pictures, they will form a perception of reality, which is the operation of your imagination. Remember, we talked about last week a little bit that all behavior flows out of your imagination. So, so Satan will throw thoughts, these mental images, to try to get you to form a perception of reality based on what he's saying. That 
that I can't even see myself well because I've been sick for so long. That I cannot even see myself having anything, right? Because I've been in lack. I mean, my grandfather was in lack. My parent, I grew up in lack. And now that picture, I've got this thing in my mind. Well, thank God for the word of God because you can change all of that. Because the word of God is the only thing. It will change. It'll renovate your thinking. It'll pull all those old things out. And it'll replace them with mental images of you walking in victory. Of you being more than enough because you're in the one who's more than enough. And it'll build an imagination in you to where you see yourself having being and doing what God's word says you've been given, you can do, and that you have. This is why God told Joshua, listen, don't, don't turn to the right hand or left hand. You meditate in my word day and night so that you will observe yourself doing it. See, God's thoughts will create mental images in your mind that you are the healed. So now, you, when, you, when you get that revelation in your mind that's flowing out of your heart, see, the revelation starts in your, in your heart, right? So here you are, you're just meditating in what the Word says about healing, about prosperity, whatever. You're just, you're muttering this over and over. Father, I thank you that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain so I don't have to. And I keep meditating in that, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will open that word on the inside of my spirit man and light comes. Revelation knowledge, we call it. And, and the light from God's word is what? The entrance, the opening of God's word brings light. And now it's a lamp to my feet. So now I see what the situation really is. Because the diagnosis or what everything on the outside is saying is it's over. But when the word opens up, I see, no, 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 not only is it not over negatively, it's already over positively. Jesus already bore this thing. So I see that. Now what happens is, is see, the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to your mind. God doesn't communicate with your mind. He's not into surfacey stuff. He, it's spirit to spirit with him. So he leads us and guides us with our spirit man. Making sense? Satan can't talk to your spirit. He can only talk to your mind. Right? But you have a weapon. The, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull down these strongholds. So now, this revelation that I have in my spirit, have you ever had that? You're reading the Bible, or you're thinking about Scripture, you're speaking it over and over and over, and all of a sudden, it goes from, by his stripes I'm healed, to, wait a minute, I'm healed. It goes from, yeah, he always causes me to triumph, to where, wait, what time? I have the victory. All the epistles are written to tell you that you will know what you've already been given. It's amazing. So now, your spirit man is like, yeah, Right? And what, it, what your spirit will do was he will translate that revelation into a thought and communicate that to your mind. 
We call that the washing of the water of the word. And when that word which is implanted in your heart, it's etched on your heart. How do you etch God's word on your heart? With your mouth. Your mouth is as the pen of a ready writer. Don't speak the enemy's thoughts. It's like drinking poison. Right? Think God's thoughts. Embrace them. And so now his thoughts that are in line with his word go into your mind and will start renovating, will start tearing out these old lies of the enemy. It'll start bringing down and changing this old mental perception that I'm too stupid, that I'm worthless, that I can never be enough. All these things, to, and start replacing it. You know, he'll come in to your kitchen and replace those, you know, really old, that, that lime green refrigerator from the 70s and put like a sub-zero refrigerator. He'll, he'll take that old, you know, those vinyl cabinets that were like really ugly, right? And, 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 and I'm not going to say anything because somebody might have them in their house and I don't want to offend anybody. Although you guys all love the word, so you can't get offended. But he'll take them out and he'll put custom stuff in there, right? Stuff like, stuff like God has, right? I mean, it's amazing. All of a sudden, you go from, I can't do this, to all things are possible. And this is what you do with that. You start, you start instead of living life like this, I got to hold on to what I have, you start going, wow, he's so good, I trust him. So I live life like this now. I'm free. Actually, I'm walking in the freedom that I've already been made free. So it renovates your thinking. While it does that, you start observing yourself doing the word. Well, what do you do? It's different for all of us. So how come we can't work out anybody else's salvation? We have to work out our own because we don't know. Like, you know, I know there's things that Rob needs to work on in his life. Why? Well, I mean, we all have them, right? We all. Now, and I might even see some, or actually, I don't even need to see any because, you know, Tammy could probably give me a list, <laughs> right? But she won't because she's a godly woman. But I bet she's tempted to show Rob the list, <laughs> right? But, but she can't work out his salvation because she doesn't know what the next thing is. What are you believing God for? Do you know... I'm not, I don't walk through my life going, okay, what, do I, what should I believe God for? No, I don't live my life alone. I am, I'm a child of God. I'm one with him. So as I delight in the Lord, he gives me the desires of my heart, and all of a sudden it might be a bigger house. It might be a different car. It might be, I want to sow 20 grand into this ministry or, or this church or what. I, I don't know. It could be whatever. So, so what happens, he gives me the desires of my heart. And that's what I believe God for. What do I say? I say what I hear him say. I do what I see him do. Why do you go into a store or go somewhere and you lay hands on a sick person? Because why did Jesus do it? Why did Jesus minister to some? A leper, he touched it. Some people, he spit in their face. Sometimes he spit in mud and rubbed it in their eyes. Thank you so much, Jesus, right? Right? I mean, what, what, why did he do things? 
pools of Bethesda. He walks in, there's five porches. There are sick people laying everywhere. The water was stagnant. So it would have been, have you ever been around stagnant water in, the, in, a, in a very hot area? Could you imagine the mosquitoes? The water wasn't clear. It was probably like a, like a green mold on top of it. And all of them are laying there, probably mosquitoes and flies all over them, right? There was like, they, they would buy and sell animals around that area. So, you know, could you imagine, have you ever went around a lot of cattle? There's flies everywhere. Now, I've been to Israel twice. There are normal human flies, and then there's Israeli flies. Those things are relentless. So here's these sick people laying all over flies, mosquitoes, and they're waiting for the water to be moved by an angel. And the first one in gets healed. Now think about that. Now, you know, anytime an angel appeared to anybody, what's the first thing he always said? Fear not, because why? They're probably pretty intense looking, right? So this angel, if you look at the Greek words for moving the waters, this would have been, I mean, moving, like all of a sudden out of, it goes from still and stagnant with flies everywhere. There's water, you could see it. Have you ever been in a pool and you're doing this? Well, what if your hands were like 10 times this, or what if you were 25 foot tall, and you're just like, there's water, there's, I mean, there's probably people laying there, getting hit in the face with stuff, and they're like, I gotta get down to get healed, and here comes Jesus with the fullness of the Spirit, I mean, he's walking around. There are stories where it says they brought multitudes to him. They, they went into a region and they went all over and brought every sick person, every person that's maimed, that's missing body parts, every person who's demon-possessed. And they brought him to him and he healed all of them. He's now at the pools of Bethesda and he walks by all these people to one man. Why did he do that? Because he saw his father do that. How did he see his father do that? Because he meditated in the word. So he saw on the inside of him. He observed to do. I'm telling you, stand before Jesus one day and ask him, okay, so all those 19 instances of healing, why did you do it that way? He'll look at you and go, well, because I, I saw my father do it. He saw it on the inside. You will see everything on the inside before you see it on the outside. This is why Satan wants to make sure he captures your imagination. So that you have what's called, the Bible calls a vain imagination running. You see your life being lived in such a way that's not in line with what the Word says. God says you're a world overcomer. He says no man will be able to stand before you, Joshua 1.5, all the days of your life. That means no man can ever block you from doing what God has called you to do. And I gotta tell you, church, where we're living at, we gotta be ready for anything. Because the paradigm of our life could completely change, but it won't change this. It will not change this. It can't. This word is forever settled in heaven. And guys, we're going to finish strong. We're going to yield all of our fruit in our season. Our leaf is never going to wither. 
and everything we put our hand to, God will bring it to maturity. Wow, isn't that good news? So this is what we're talking about. Boy, I have 13 pages of notes, and I was so excited, because now here I go. So this mental, this mental imaging, right? They form a picture of your perception of reality, which is the operation of your imagination. And all your behavior flows out of your imagination. So if you will think right, your imagination will be in line with what God says. And his word is full of life and power. So those videos playing on the inside of you are life and power. Those videos on the inside of you are not fear. It's faith, right? All consistent behavior, we would call that pattern behavior, is rooted in your imagination. And see, this is what's happening. You begin cataloging. This is how your mind works. You begin cataloging this data at a very early age. It's through this process. We call it mental programming. This is why parents, those little guys of yours, those little children, they're blank canvases. So guard who they're around and guard your flesh so you don't speak death over them because Satan wants to use your mouth to produce a mental image in their life to create and program them mentally so that as time passes, the mind will produce automatic responses to external things that stimulate your thoughts. Satan started lying to me when I was a little over about four and a half years old. I didn't realize this until years later when the Lord showed me this, that it was right after, I mean literally, I don't know the day, but I bet it was within days, maybe the next day after I got saved. And this was the lie. You're worthless. I saw it. Now, I, had, I literally had a discerning of spirits situation. I saw into the spirit realm. Our little two-bedroom apartment in Chicago, we lived underneath my, our, my grandparents in Chicago, and uh, I, it was like I was, I was looking at myself as a little kid. And I was looking at the door. I was looking at our front door, and I was weeping because my biological father, who apparently said he was going to come see me, just didn't come again, right? So, and I, and I remember looking at myself, and I had this black, it was like a black mist, and I knew it was a demon. And it was whispering in my ear, Tony, you're worthless. I have no mental recollection of that at all. But the minute I saw that, I, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to my heart and said this. You've heard me say this if you're around here for very long. Every time I say it, it's as fresh as the day I heard it. He said, Tony, when a, lie, when, a, when a lie is exposed, it loses all of its power. And it was as if literally something fell off of me. And I'm telling you, I'm like, everything changed in my life. Everything. Now, is that going to happen for everybody? It's different for everybody. It's like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Man, I felt nothing. You know, my mom, her, 
my tongue got fat, I could, uh, you know, all this stuff. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm mumbling. But I got to tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, man, they flow. So this is what happens. You catalog this stuff, and then a pattern is built. It's called a vain imagination. And then when the enemy throws a thought, or you're walking through your life and you see something, and it'll ignite that whole thing, and it just takes you back into it. For some people, a pornographic addiction is like that. All of a sudden, if you're a man or woman, whatever those images that really connect, have connected with you, with that, with that video that's going on in your mind, if you see somebody that looks like that, it could ignite it. And the thought will be there, hey, you need to go look at this or do this. Or if it's alcohol or drugs, where does all that come from? This is where it comes from. As time passes, your mind produces automatic responses to external things that stimulate your thoughts. This causes you to react without thinking. You have a horrible habit of, of eating horribly. You just don't have a healthy eating habit. Have you ever, you, you start to try to eat healthy. Have you ever done this? And all of a sudden, you're eating something and, and, and you eat it and then you realize, oh shoot, I, I was not going to eat that. Where did that come from? That came from this. Satan loves it. Do you know there's people that react without thinking? They instantly default to, I can't do this. They instantly, here's the big one. They instantly default. Now, I'm not talking about the Episcopal church down the street or the Catholic church. No, 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 no. I'm talking about us, right? Faith people. They instantly default to the word doesn't work. I mean, I know we say it does, and man, you know, pastor preaches sermons and everything, but you have no idea what I'm going through. What, where's that coming from? All the thoughts. So if you just change your thoughts to think what God, all of a sudden, things that bugged you will fall off of you. All of a sudden, you're like, no, 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 I'm the healed. And you'll seize hold of your healing. And you're not concerned about time. You're not concerned about anything. A doctor's report doesn't move you if it's, a, if it's not, not what you like. You live a life of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. And all of a sudden, one day, you realize, wow, I've, I haven't taken my medicine for two months. And you check your blood, and it's good. And you're like... You know, you go to the doctor and they check you all out and they're like, he's like, oh, I have no idea. And you just smile and go, thank you. And you walk and you're just like, Father, I thank you. Your word is true. This is how it works in every way. This establishes unconscious thought processes that dictate the way you respond to things. Sometimes you might respond to, because of insecurity or the way you grew up, it's you always respond by lashing out. It's always somebody else's fault. You're trying to protect yourself with this sick, vain imagination because you're, you know, you're afraid to take 
responsibility for yourself. There's all kinds of weird things, but what I'm saying, this is the way it works, but I've got good news for you as a Christian. He hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Your spirit is full of power and love and soundness of mind. A sound mind, in the Greek language, it means soundness of mind. What does that mean? You and I, as born-again believers, have been created in Christ Jesus with the capacity to embrace and understand the very thoughts of God. That's amazing. Because His Word is full of life and power. His Word is active and effective. Guess what that means? His thoughts are full of life and power. Right? Because remember, you guys know the bottle. Every time I say a word, you're thinking bottle, right? So the bottle is the Word, contains His thoughts. The water's the thought. If the bottle is full of life and power and is active and effective. Why is that? Well, because the inside is full of that. Does that make sense? So God is saying to everybody, listen, nobody can stop you. In righteousness, you'll be established. You'll be far from oppression, for you will not fear. Neither from terror, it won't come near you. No weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn it. Your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. Why? This is the heritage. New Testament of the servants of the living God. Really, we're beyond that. Of the children of the living God. And God says, their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I've called you by your name, God says. You are mine. This is who you are. Isn't that good news? Wow, are we going to have to have a part three to this or what? The more that you ponder and think about God's thoughts, the further you will see into them. And the more it will bless, excite, and thrill you. You've heard me say this. This is revelation knowledge. This is why... Listen, your leaf, if you'll, if you'll meditate in, your, in the Word day and night, the Bible says you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water and your leaf won't wither. So that means when you hear the same Scriptures for three years, I love when Todd White, he's this evangelist, wild man. You know, he came to Ramah and he was speaking at a men's, men's meeting. First time I ever heard him. This guy, I mean, he's got dreadlocks, he's got shoes that have feet, you know, and I'm, you know, just, just this Rasta looking dude, and he, you know, he's about this tall, and he, you know, he's kind of buffed out, he's jumping off the stage, he's running around. It was a four and a half hour meeting that seemed like it lasted 15 minutes. And he said when he got saved, he was in, he was a Rama, a Rama pastor, he went to a Rama church, and the pastor taught a weekly Bible study on Ephesians chapter 1 for a year. For a year. I mean, see, when you're, when, you're, when you're planted, your leaf doesn't wither. So when you hear the word, you don't sit like the granite 
over, really not overweight. You know, we talk about being spiritually fat. No, 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 you're spiritually, you're, 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 you're spiritually like a skeleton. You have no muscle or anything if you're just listening to the word and never doing it. But oh, if you'll hear it, every time you hear the same scripture, it'll just continue to be fresh. But as you peer into it, this is what happens to the Word. As you peer into revelation knowledge of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will take you deeper into it. How, how deep can you go? Well, let's talk in a million years. You'll be like, oh man, John 3.16, I just saw something new. Jesus wept. Wow. <laughs> right? Time travels in that verse. You know, who knows? I mean, because... Because his word is limitless, because he's limitless. So as you peer into it, it's always fresh, which keeps you always peering into it. Because God, if you're standing for something, there's going to be two or three scriptures that just, they explode within you, and the only difference is next week, they'll be exploding more. They never get old. This is how we grow spiritually. The more you ponder and think about God's word, it will literally bless you. That will go to excitement and it will end up in thrilling you. Right? Why? Because you know that one word from God, one word from God can change everything in your life right now. That God can fix everything that the enemy has messed with you for 50 years, he could fix it all in one day, in one moment. You know that. Hallelujah. But this is the key. We're going to have to grow so that we can receive more of him. That is to be the thing that fuels all of our lives. That, that literally eclipses everything else. God, all I want to do is know you more. That, that, and see, when you do that, you, now you're running your race. Hebrews says that when we run our race, we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. Right? See, when something is your source, it will excite you. The thing about God, when you peer into him, it changes you into Jesus. Right? That's what, that's what Paul's letter to the church at Corinth says. We go from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's, I mean, it's amazing. When you know someone's thoughts, you will know how they think. Then you can learn their ways. You'll know very quickly that God doesn't bless some and not others. You'll know very quickly that God hasn't provided something for one and not for another. No, Jesus came, he brought salvation for everybody, healing for everybody, provision for everybody, everything. It's for, he's no respecter of persons. See, think about this, you begin to know how God thinks. When you see a Christian, and maybe that's you, when you see a Christian like this, they don't know who they are. Why? Because they're looking at the wrong thing. That's all it is. How do you change? 
Just start looking at Jesus. You have the one on the inside of you. You know what he's called. He's called the helper. Lord, I mean, when I came to the Lord, I, I still remember, well, not when I came to the Lord, but when I really was coming back to the Lord, you know, I remember asking my pastor one day, he's like, so, I'm like, so God's plan for my life. You know, how do you really know the will of God? I mean, I, I used to teach, I could teach you all the scriptures, but I'm like, how do you really know? And, he, and he, he said this, he goes, well, go back to the last time that you knew you were in the will of God. And then, then, then you'll know, and then just go from there. And my response to him was, that doesn't help me at all. Because <laughs> I'm sure that I was in the perfect will of God January 22nd, 1962, when I was born in Cook County Hospital in Chicago. I was, I'm pretty sure that was the will of God for my life. But after that, I don't even know, man. It's just a mess. And to that, the Holy Spirit will smile and go, well, then take my hand. I'll lead you right into it. You don't have to know how to do this. God will bring people around you. He'll get everything over to you. You just have to be willing and obedient. Hallelujah. We need to know God's thoughts in this life so that we can know how to live in every area of our life. Hallelujah. I just want to go for a couple more minutes. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4. Is this helping you tonight? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Now look at this. In verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. That means you're not warring against people. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This Greek word means they're not of human origin. But they are mighty through God, not without him, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down. That means in the Greek, pulling down, that word in the Greek means the destruction of strongholds. See, when, when a stronghold is brought down with the weapons that you have, which is the word of God, it's destroyed, which means it can never be rebuilt again. Isn't that good news? Right? For the pulling down of strongholds. I'll make this statement, and, and it, it's absolutely true. It might not be fun to hear it, but I love you and I, you have to know it. If you don't deal with the issues of your life, they will grow into strongholds and take you captive. Every person in the Bible who failed, you can go right back to a wrong thought. It all started with a wrong thought. Every, everything. If you look at why people did not finish their course, the Lord told me this early in ministry. He said, Tony, the number one reason why people in the Word of God did not finish their course is they refused to work on their weaknesses. And then he said to me, he says, he said, Tony, following my plan for your life will expose every weakness in you. And if you'll give me those weaknesses, I will turn them all into strengths. That's exciting. So let's look at verse 5. For the pulling down of strongholds, verse 4, 
casting down imaginations. Imaginations. This Greek word logismos, it means the logical thinking of a deceived mind. The logical reasoning of a mind that has been deceived. See, these false or vain imaginations, they will create walls that will imprison us. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. This Greek phrase, every high thing, that Greek phrase means uh, it's a lofty thing, that it's an attack against your mind. The enemy wants to attack your mind with his thoughts to get you to take them. With every high thing that does what? That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Exalts itself. These, these lofty thoughts that Satan throws, they will literally try to exalt themselves above what the Word says. This word exalt doesn't mean that they just rise up really fast. It means, no, something that slowly and progressively will take a place of preeminence in your life. So they're very subtle at first. The greatest example I know would be putting a frog in a frying pan and just turning it up. You turn up a degree until the frog gets used to that temperature. Then you turn it up again. Then you turn it up again. And, but you do it so slow that he doesn't get burnt and jump out. And all of a sudden, he's so used to it that when he realizes it's too late, he can't move. That's what we're talking about here. That's why don't every thought that is contrary to this is trying to shape you, form you, and mold you. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Notice it says every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, our mind is the battleground. The biggest battle in your mind as a child of God, the biggest one, is against the doubts and preconceived notions that the Word of God might not work for you this time. It'll, it'll fill your mind progressively and rob you. Every person in the Bible, every one of them, it all, every failure started with a wrong thought. So I'm going to close with this, guys. I love this. It says in James chapter 3, verse 2, For in many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, in what he says... Well, where does that come from? It all, what you're saying is coming from your thought life, right? Romans chapter 10, right? Based on what you hear, you're going to believe. Based on what you believe, you're going to call or you're going to act, right? And that's going to determine the result. Satan knows this and God knows this, but it says if we, if, for in many things we offend all, but if a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, not flawless, a grown-up, a complete man. 
and able also to bridle the whole body. If you can control your thought life, you'll control what comes out of your mouth and that will control. This word, a bridle, the whole body, the word bridle means to lead. You'll be able to lead your whole body right where you want it to go. You'll be able to direct. It means to direct. It means to govern. It means to hold in check. If you, if you, if you speak right, you'll hold in check your whole body. It means you'll restrain your whole body. Man, does the alcoholic need to hear that. Does the person in a sexual addiction need to hear that? Does the drug addict need to hear that? Does the person who's steeped in depression need to hear that? Does the multitudes and multitudes of people who are in fear tonight need to hear that? But how are they going to hear unless somebody's proclaiming to them this? And how are they going to proclaim unless they're sent? Well, guess what? You and I have been sent. So let's proclaim this stuff. We can't take people where we haven't been. We can't give them what we don't know, right? So let's, let's live it ourselves. but let's start giving it away. You know, all this social distancing, all this mask stuff, all this stuff that on the outside is designed to make you think we're trying to be safe from a virus. But you know what? Satan wants to use everything to stop the church. Now, is wearing a mask okay? Yeah, you could witness with a mask on. I mean, wear whatever you want, but be light, because this is how people are going to know, right? Well, I hope this has helped you a little bit tonight.